You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks. Welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. Apologies for the further delay if you're a weekly listener to our show, but stuff gets in the way. Jeremy Moss, Matt Kennerly, the last one, Matthew, the final one. Well, I'm not counting pre- the big mega preview. Uh, of all the team previews, Boise State's coming up, but of those that's, previews? That's true, yeah. We started, I don't know when we started, back in May? We started 12 weeks ago, give well, or take, give or take probably, weeks. About three months ago, with a few things here and there. So whatever 12 weeks, 13, 14 weeks from now, as we're sitting here in middle of August, we're getting to Boise State. The good thing about doing these, I like them at, is because we have more information about teams. We're not uh, guessing as much. That's definitely true. But there will be some guessing, right? Like, who's the starting quarterback? I don't know. That's <laughs> true. We still don't know that. We know it for some other teams, which, by the way, uh, MWWire.com for all the latest on on that front and more. Exactly. As of now, which we'll get into this in our, I guess, our mega preview spring or fall update recap. I believe only Air Force and... Boise are only two, and New Mexico, I guess, are the only teams to officially not name a starting quarterback. Yeah. That sound about right? That does sound about right, yeah. But I'm telling the Air Force, better be Donald Hammond, all I'm saying. All right, so let's just, let's just get to it now. We already recorded, spoiler, I did part of this a couple days ago. Our good buddy Raj, who does Boise State for us, Raj of Bleeds Blue on Twitter, me and him talked about 30-plus minutes. So this is a not a last year, th- almost a three-hour podcast, but it'll probably be at least 90 minutes. So you're welcome. If you like that, so, stuff. still a little bit jumbo sized, a little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah, mini jumbo size. So for those we got some tweets, say, hey, listen forever, I get it. Stuff gets in the way. Thank you for tuning in and letting us know you want the show. If you do like it, hey, go to iTunes or wherever you like your podcast and give us a review. That may, I, I've heard, Matt, I've heard that helps the show a little bit for people to find it. Maybe there's a rumor to that effect. There's yeah. rumors. I'm a little CBD, but let's get to the game. To get to the not the game, games are coming up. The team, Boise State, as you all know really good football team no 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 worries there no spoilers there they are predicted to do well in the mountain west conference probably win the mountain west where most people have them at the top and so where should we start so we just started the quarterback situation or the offense in general because they have a new quarterback a new running back and are missing multiple wide receivers that just moved on and graduated or and or in the nfl i mean i think that maybe before we get to that it helps to kind of take stock of what happened last year you know, because when you think you, about no, the situation, like that, you just want to glow for Fresno Beatty. No, no, <laughs> this isn't about that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could make it about that, but I'm not going to because, you know, because we, we talk about these kind of overarching narratives when looking back at last year and thinking ahead of this year. And, you know, it, it's pretty easy with Boise just because it's kind of the same narrative year after year, you know, just by virtue of the fact that they, in the preseason last year, they were 24th by S&P Plus. You know, they had a little bit of a, a downswing to the 40s and up to the 30s. Uh, but then they finished the year 28th overall. They won 10 games. You know, they outscored opponents on a weekly basis by a shade under two touchdowns. So, you know, on the surface, you know, they, it wasn't like they were unlucky or anything. Last year, they were 3-2 and two in, in games decided by eight points or fewer. But, you know, is same old Boise a good thing or a bad thing? 
Well, it's worked forever, so I don't see why it's a bad thing. I think it depends on your perspective, because I think if you'd ask a lot of Broncos fans, you're expecting them you know, to win conference championships more often than they have, especially in recent history. In Bill Connolly's preview, he noted that you know, in Brett Rippon's four-year career, for as decorated as he was and for as many games as they won, they only won one conference title in that four-year period. I still blame the dual quarterback situation when somebody on Twitter the other day still said they like that position going forward. And we'll talk about that, but I say no. The Wazoo pick six still gives me nightmares, the shovel pass. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, same old Boise State still means that you're top 30 team and that's your floor and you're still probably winning 10 games a year. And it were second in your division. But that may not be good enough. It should and be. That should be plenty enough for nearly any school. For nearly care. any school, but maybe not for Boise State. Including Boise State. I will say that. You're spoiled because our buddy Raj puts it in good perspective, not what we're talking now, but just in general. He's like, he'll get mad if Boise gets like eight wins, which I understand. But if you're getting 10 wins, you're complaining about wanting a new coach or anything. Go be a fan of New Mexico. Go be a fan of like um, a name other bad school, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, Duke when they weren't very good, Syracuse a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go be a fan of one of those schools and come back to me how you like it. No, I mean, I, I totally get that. It's just that be, it's and it's a credit to the program's consistency that they set the bar so high that even going 10 and three feels like a disappointment because they didn't win the conference because, you know, for, you know randomly they didn't even get a bowl game to play in <laughs> or, or, or anything like that. And so, you know, thinking ahead to questions like the quarterback situation, which we'll get to in a minute, this is a year in transition. And so, you know, looking back, they've been same old Boise, but what's it going to take to do that again? And, you know, to get back to that ceiling that I talked about where maybe they are a one-loss team or maybe they do run the table because it's not like they're an infallible team. They've got question marks just like anybody else in the conference, but they've also got a benefit of the doubt that's really kind of unparalleled in the conference from my perspective, at least. Oh, clear. It's like, why does Tennessee get ranked after a bowl victory into the year? Why is Nebraska seven? getting getting ranked after winning four games last Extremely year? Extremely highly ranked. I'm like, improvement will be had. I get it. But it's like UCLA. Like, are they a dark horse to do something in the Pac-12 South? Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly, they'll probably be better. Quarterback, you know I mean, they'll be better, but I don't expect them to be a top 10 team and beat Washington, Utah, and USC. <laughs> it's not, not like that. But this, there are things that are issues with the team we'll get to. But I will say before we get to everything breakdown, I'm gonna. This, I don't know if this is bold. Is it bold to say their defense is probably going to be better than their offense and could lead the team this year? Well, I don't think that's unreasonable, especially okay. when you look at the preseason projections by S and P Plus. Uh, on offense, they're ranked. They're projected to rank 42nd. On defense, they're 20 or, or 41st rather. And on defense, they're 22nd. Well, and yeah, David Mode and Curtis Weaver back there. Whew, tough to beat. Yeah, and last year it was almost the inverse of that. They finished the year 18th on offense and 38th on defense by S&P+. But again, they're replacing Brett Rippon. He's not the only guy they're having to replace on the offense. We'll get to all the rest in a minute. But same as any other team, finding a quarterback is going to be, you know, number one with a bullet point on all these questions they're going to have to answer this year. It is. I read something recently. It was over at, I think, the Idaho Statesman did it, where – there's been, I guess, recent history. They went through the four times Boise State started a brand new quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's basically split down the middle. 
So there's not like a history of them having a new guy where they come in and play amazing or play bad. It's either been like the floor, like maybe an eight win season, or they go to like a Fiesta Bowl or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there, it's hard to tell. Like, well, they've had this before in the past, so here's what to expect. But you don't know what to expect. I think like the and again, it's a, the see the floor is so high. It's it's there. We know they're going to be good, but it depends. Like, it's question isn't oh they're going to struggle. It's going to be. Are they going to struggle a bit, and how good are they going to be? That's usually the question. How good is this team going to be? We know they may not be elite team, but going through the two quarterbacks or the four quarterbacks a handful of times, like Verpin came in and started after a couple weeks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he came in for injury. They've had other players. It wasn't Grant Hendrick a freshman when he went to the Fiesta Bowl, or she, I forget which one. I thought he was a junior in 2014. I just have it in front of me. Sorry, but the past two past few times we've had it, it's basically been there's no middle ground. So either they've been really good or just been okay. And, well, I mean, and, and the upside is that they have an though. embarrassment of riches at quarterback. It's not like they're choosing from from scrubs. You know, they only brought in what their best recruit ever and Hank Bachmeyer. Yeah, that's all, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, they have a guy in, who saw a little bit of playing time last year in Chase Cord before he he tore his ACL. And even despite a very very limited sample size, he looked like a guy who could be a playmaker not only with his arm but with his legs. And then you got Jalen Henderson, and then you got Caden Bennett. And then you got Riley Smith and Zach Matlock. If it's your choice, if you were Brian Harson, who would you start week one on the road in Jacksonville against Florida State? Well, first of all, they're going to drop it down to three next week. Yes. Or I guess when you're listening to the uh, – this will be the week before before game week, I'm saying. We're, yes. we're recording this heading into week zero, Hawaii, Arizona. So there's still another – camp probably breaks Thursday or Friday or something. So the final week of camp, they're, they're going to cut it down to three, which is no surprise. Having them give you five guys reps is kind of extreme. But I think I'm confident saying it's Chase Cord or Bachmeyer. Those are the two that are going to start. It's one of those two. And, and th- right? There's nobody I else think in the so. Mix. I mean, yeah. I think that Henderson is probably still in the mix too. But I think, you know, rather than trying to focus on who we think the guy is going to be, I think it's more helpful to think about what we expect of them. Because, you know, just going back to last year, for instance, when you look at what they were doing by, you know, passing, passing SP Plus. Yeah, they were just about a top 25 team in the country. They were 26th by that measure. Yeah, and obviously that's a very high bar to clear. I don't think anybody's expecting whoever ends up under center to complete 67% of his passes to throw for 30 touchdowns like Rippon did in his senior year. But if you go back to what he did in 2015 when he was a freshman with his first extended playing time, I think that that's more instructive because by S&P Plus, they were... 63rd that year so they were roughly middle of the pack nationally but you know Rippon just by the traditional numbers I'm just going to throw them out there so he he threw for 3300 yards 3350 to be exact he completed 63.6% of his passes and he had 20 touchdowns against 8 interceptions in 11 games And, and granted that year he threw the ball way more often than any other quarterback in the conference you know he averaged just under 39 attempts per game so i don't think that anybody's expecting boise to come out and throw the ball that much on a weekly basis probably not but is that a fair baseline for one or multiple boise quarterbacks to meet this year or do you expect it to be more or or less like the number of throws you're saying just but yeah but you know, completion percentage yards, or if you want to throw yards per attempt out there, he averaged 7.8 yards per attempt that year. I will say this. 90, I'll go 96.5% because there's always, you know, there's always that little bit out there. Yeah. 
the the total quarterback numbers from snaps under center will not be as good as Burbin was last year. Mm-hmm. I don't. If you're going to say a brand new quarterback who's never started an FBS game is going to come in, either combo or not, is going to be better than a four year starter who won multiple like he was first team all conference how many times player of the year. Like there's no there's no sane person that will say this the numbers will be better. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and when you go back and look at his freshman year, though, is what I'm saying. Oh, I, that was what he did in 2015. Oh, so I think so. Is it better. fair to expect whoever ends up under center throughout the year to match that? To match those running, numbers. Who is running back that year? I think it was JJE. Let me look that up real yeah, quick. Yeah, there you go. They have a new running back as well, <laughs> so you can't just rely on handing the ball off. Oh, see, excuse me. That year was Jeremy McNichols. Okay, still. Name a Boise running back who started after year two and probably got a guy in the NFL roster. That That's why I think numbers will be down a little bit. Not a lot, but you have a brand new running back mm-hmm. who's going to start. So it's they don't have a guy to rely on, whether it's like Doug Martin, McNichols, Ajayi, whoever, maybe Madison. They're all gone. Like You don't have that guy to help out the brand new quarterback. So having a new running back and new quarterback is pretty rare for this Boise team. That's why like they, again, we give them the benefit of the doubt, but there's still some concern about what that quarterback can do and when we get to running backs. But even in freshman year, I think the numbers will probably be so, somewhat comparable. Lawrence, I think there's a chance it could be closer than not. They bring back, outside of Boise and Hawaii, like those are probably the two best offensive, line, offensive lines in the conference. Mm-hmm. Like They bring back, I believe, is it every starter? Uh, from last year, if I double-check here. Yeah, a couple of all-conference guys, like John, John Malcolm, Ezra Cleveland. Everybody's back. And so 20 guys, we'll get to those later, but many, many, many starts. I will say it's a step back, but the offensive line is going to carry this offensive production for at least the first month. I think you're probably right. So what do you think? Is it going to be a little bit less, better than his freshman year? Because he came in a couple games in. And first, also, first game, he's not playing basically a road game at Florida State either. See, it may sound like a cop-out, but if we want to start talking about the running backs for a minute, I think it's going to depend a lot on what Andrew Van Buren and Robert Mahone and company can offer. Let's do it. And and I'm going to lay this out there kind of one step at a time because I'm going to throw some numbers because this is where one of those things that really kind of, I see things connecting one to the other. So I'm just going to start at the beginning with what I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. So first of all, last year, Boise was 12th by success rate nationally. The had a success rate of 48%, which is basically just, you know, 50% of the yards you're getting on, you need on first down, 70% on second, and 100% on either third or fourth. Is this overall or rushing off? Overall. Okay, overall. Overall. So a lot of that had to do with guys like Alexander Madison, who his own individual success rate was also 48%. Yeah, that'd be higher. He's so good. <laughs> well, he was he was very efficient. He wasn't an explosive guy by any stretch. Fair. But, you know, he could drag tacklers with him for about one or two yards with the best of them. You know what I mean? Van Buren and Mahone, by contrast, they only had 66 carries between them last year. Their combined success rate was 45.5%, which is not to say that there's like a huge drop off. But if they can't reach that same level of efficiency... I think it's ultimately going to have a cascading effect. And what I mean by that is, you know, not only were they 12th by success rate last year, they were also in the top 10 nationally in setting themselves up for third and short. And they were in the top 10 nationally by avoiding third and longs. So if whoever is their running back one, or even if they go by a committee, you know, maybe they 
get you know someone like George Helani a little more playing time or something like that. You know, he's good, good idea. He's had a lot of helium over over the spring and the fall. Mm-hmm. Whoever ends up in that situation, if they can't match those numbers, it may have a cascading effect on what the team wants to do offensively. Because in the past, they've had to be fairly balanced, and because Madison was so good and because Rippon was so good, they were able to do that. They were not only successful at avoiding less than ideal situations, you know, they were also in the top 25 as far as converting on third and short, and they were third nationally in converting on third and long. Some of those numbers are seem a little less likely to be able to well, not get if they have duplicated that, again. Yeah, the great offensive line, I think that your chances are nearly the same. I mean, I'm just, to- I guess what I'm saying overall is that I think there's going to be maybe even more pressure on the running game to produce in the same way, even if it's not one guy running for 1,400 yards like Madison did last year. I think it's important that the running game can match what he did, at least on an efficiency level. Because if there's any drop-off at all, it's going to put more pressure on whoever ends up under quarterback. And it's going to put more pressure on whoever ends up seeing the lion's share of playing time at wide receiver, which, by the way, they're missing their top two guys from there last Mm -hmm. year as well which we'll get to in a minute. And so I see Van Buren and Mahomes, maybe even more than the quarterback position, whoever ends up there, as being the two most important guys on the offense. Do you think those two are the most important guys, the running game? Because I think they need those guys to step up. Because, you know, for as, as good as Boise State's quarterback history has been, you know, going back to 2015, they had a Jeremy McNichols back then, and mm-hmm. then they had a Jay Ajayi before that, and then they had a Doug Martin before that. If they don't have that this year, at least not to the same extent that they have in years past, it's going to make the offense scuffle in ways that you maybe haven't seen in recent years. Hmm. I think it's, yeah, you're right, because they don't have, like, oh, the running game's like going to chuck it to, I mean, whoever's out there catching the ball, you know what I mean? Like, you have... Mm-hmm. Guys out there, one, one note I'd add to the running game, I guess we'll just keep, we'll go back to QBs, John Hightower. Mm-hmm. Me and Raj talked about him, like he, look what he did last year, he touched the ball in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't just be a receiver. And then they also like uh, Khalil Shakir as well, do maybe take over that, what Hightower did last year. I believe that's who they mentioned. He mentioned who would be that guy. Like get some of those jet sweeps, those quick uh, tosses, just kind of a different guy in the short pass, super short passing or the running game. So those two guys could be something to consider as well. Yeah. But Overall, like the running game, you're right. Like it, like I remember a couple years ago, people were like, "Oh, McNichols, he's a starter. We got a guy." It's like every time you lose a guy. Remember, I'll say it again. Going back to Doug Martin, what is this? The fourth running back, Doug Martin, uh, Jeremy McNichols, J.H.I.E., and Alexander Madison. All yeah. four were drafted in the NFL, correct? Uh, with Madison, drafted. I don't think Mc, I don't think McNichols was. No, he's with the Niners, but got cut. I remember. I don't think he got drafted though. Oh, I thought he did. Well, they're all they're at least some sort of NFL history there. I, I don't want to double check, but I, I whatever I thought he was, maybe he's not. However, all four guys got a good shot in the NFL. Most were drafted. Mm-hmm. What school can really say you're getting those guys drafted every, almost every time they move on? Not very yeah. many. It's very difficult to have that, and so that's why I'm always I'm hesitant because we didn't know who. Here's the thing that's different too, which again, sorry if we repeat later with Raj, but when Nichols came on, we knew who the clear backup was. Yeah, almost every single year we knew. Oh. McNichols is going to take over. Madison's going to take over. Martin's going to take over. Some guy's going to take over. Had a significant number of reps the year before. They didn't have that guy last year. Van Buren had only 34 carries, and Mahoney had 32. Yeah. So there wasn't a guy with, like, 80 carries and, like, 400 yards. That's the thing I'm looking at, which I – it's probably going to be one of those two guys. It makes sense. It may be a mix of 
Maybe Cord will get some running yards if he's a starter, but that's a that's a bigger concern than what they've had in the past running the ball. So I, I'll come back around. I guess I do agree. This is probably the most important position for success on offense. Just because wasn't it a couple years ago? Madison took him like like six week. I remember a couple years ago. I was actually at the game when they played BYU. It was like the first time they had a hundred rush like in six or seven games going back the year before. It took them weeks upon weeks to find. I know health was an issue. I believe there was an ankle thing with him a couple years ago, whatever recovering, if I recall, some sort of ailment. But it took them a handful of games to get a hundred yard running back to over a hundred yards. So if that that might be the case again, it might like okay, Portland State, they'll get it. But it's like you would think they would. But if that doesn't happen early on, like Air Force bring back brings back a lot of guys in defense. Uh, Marshall's a decent team. You know what I mean, like. Not say they'll have a similar streak, but that's something to look out for when they brought a new guy. That was the last time they didn't really have a guy. Mm-hmm. And it took halfway through the year to figure out, oh, this is the guy. Yeah, exactly. For somebody to emerge. So it needs to be sooner or later, but let's go to quarterbacks. Um, the reason this is more difficult for me to make a pick is because who they're playing. It's not like how they played Portland State week one. I would have no issue if Harson were going to go like, all right, you get quarter one and quarter three. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, go out and play a full quarter, do what you want, play your game. I would have no issue doing that, even though I don't, I'm not a real fan of split QBs. But if you're, if it's close, I don't even know if it's close. Maybe it's not. Maybe he knows who it is already and just is kind of toying with everybody saying, yeah, I got a good idea. We'll limit the reps. We'll narrow it down. He's probably still looking, to be honest. But maybe he has a better idea of who's one and who's two, and even three, if that's the case, who might be the starter. Mm-hmm. But they're playing. Yeah, I know Florida State wasn't great last year. Lloyd Taggart had issues recruiting his first year. They, whatever, their quarterback situation is not great either, and we'll get to that later. But you're playing a team that's going to have good athletes on that team. You, I, I guess as good as playing an evening game because it's freaking hot in Florida, down, there, down there in Jacksonville. I know, you see Eli's tweet today about being in Charlotte? About yeah, I did. <laughs> it's like, well, get back to you in the humidity and heat. It's like, oh boy. So it's something like that. I guess it's good as a 7 o'clock local kick because it's not going to be as hot. And they're trying to simulate all that stuff, but it's going to be a team that's a good team, great, better. But probably the athletes on defense are better than any athlete Boise has or close to it, just because you're in the ACC and you can recruit that well. So would you? Either way, it's guys making his first start. Do you really want to throw a true freshman out there? Against yeah, why not? I mean, and that's just something an extra layer to think about, rather than playing almost any other team, a Marshall, anybody else under schedule, and it being week one on the road, essentially. You can do it. I'm not, I'm not totally against it, but that's just another layer to go through and think about because Chase Cord has hardly played either, and so it's not like he has a big advantage of playing any game, um, any road game at all as a starter, even for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. That's just For me, it's just one more little thing to consider the piece of the puzzle of who should start. Not, whoever's better should start. That's for me. And I am honest. I think it'll be Cord, but I clearly don't have any insight because I'm not sure what's going on too much. I'll say what everybody else knows. It's going to be – I know it's Cord and Bachmeyer, but I might lean Cord. But Bachmeyer, remember, he came in during spring as well, so he's been around for at least a little bit in practice too, and Cord could not. See, I think whoever ultimately ends up as QB1 is is still going to benefit from one of the better wide receiver units in the, in the conference, even if Sean Monster and A.J. Richardson are moving on and, and they're having to replace roughly 200 targets between the two of them. That's all. There's still a lot of talent outside. So, you know, whether it's Corder or Bachmeyer or Henderson, whoever, you know, to me, the only real concern, and there's really been nothing in fall camp that has led me to think that there's going to be like real serious concerns. But one thing that affected the team last year was that, you know, 
the guys behind Monster and Richardson, a lot of them got hurt throughout the year. You know, yeah. Hightower missed a few games. You know, Octavius Evans was basically a non-factor after having you know a very promising freshman year as, in 2017. He says he's ready to go, so that might be a guy that could step up and do something. Khalil Shakir missed some time. And the guys who were, you know, on the field all season long, you know, guys like C.T. Thomas and Achillean Butler, you know, are are they going to be ready to step up and be that kind of number two or number three complement to someone like Hightower? Because I, I really like John Hightower a lot, and not just because yeah, he's a human highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, you know, but and I don't think that averaging sixteen and uh, excuse me, sixteen point three yards per catch is going to be something that's going to be really difficult to replicate. Um, I think having those one or two explosive weapons on the outside is going to be really important. But again, I think they need those kind of underneath weapons, whether it's someone like Butler, whether it's even one of the tight ends like John Bates or Garrett Collingham. Some of those guys are going to need to step up, maybe not to the same extent that, again, wide receivers past like Thomas Spurbeck or or Cedric Wilson have. I don't think they necessarily need a thousand yard receiver to be a successful passing offense. But at least among the guys that are returning from injury or the guys who you know, didn't necessarily suffer injuries last year, but did see playing time throughout the year. Some of those guys are going to have to take another step forward. Could it be argued the receiving position has more question marks than running back? Yeah, because, because especially if the injury bug hits them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I just curious. I wasn't sure if I was, I was thinking about that right now. Also, to consider the number one JUCO tight end they brought in is no longer the team. They just lost recently. We could a true freshman, DK Blaylock, no longer the program. And they have a couple of true freshmen who... They have three, um, I should have had it right here, who are coming in and not sure how much they'll play, but there could be a true freshman that could step up and play on this team or a receiver. Uh, here it is, yeah, Kaheem Wallet, Shea Whitney, and Trevor Cole. I don't, I don't know how, what exactly those guys will be, how they'll be doing, because like you said, Evans will be back. He only played a couple of games last year. Um, missed all spring as well with that broken foot, so it's like, geez, you got to do something. <laughs> Get healthy out there. He says he's good to go. But it's going to be maybe one of those young guys will step up and play. But if there's injury, it's like you're really going to rely on like freshman receiver, a new running back, possible freshman QB. So let me ask you this. Who's starting week one? Let's get to right now. Who do you think is starting? If it were me, I think it's probably Bachmeyer. Okay, give me your pitch. Why is Bachmeyer getting the nod? Because I don't really see a reason for them to to delay the future, to make the future the present, because you know they've got so much talent at the skill positions, even if there is a little bit of prove it at both running back and wide receiver, um, at least among the receivers, you didn't even mention guys like Damon Cole or Stephen Cobbs who might see a little bit of playing time, you know, get like 20, 30 targets and do something with it. Yeah, it's plenty. And you still got the best offensive line in the conference, hands down protecting whoever ends up under center. So I think that, you know, obviously there's some questions at the skill positions, but, relative to a lot of the other QB controversies in the conference, they're still setting whoever ends up under center to succeed. They're still setting them up to succeed about as well as anybody out there. And so I don't really see a reason why you wouldn't just throw them out there and let them develop. Because even if, even if there's some ups and downs throughout the season, that's every freshman quarterback. What is, is Chase Cord's a soft, sophomore? What is he? Andrew? Chase Cord's a sophomore. sophomore yeah. Okay. So, I think you convinced me there because it makes sense. Like I've always said, dude, to this well in the past, if it's close, why not go with the younger guy? Yeah. The only issue with that, which I hate to bring up, and I'll be a downer, 
if Buckmore starter, this doesn't happen to Boise a lot, but transfer portal, peace out, I'm out of here if he's not the starter as a sophomore because he's not getting that job back. Maybe. Just saying, that's a. That's, it's, I hate to think about that too often, but that happens far too much to not to think about, it, especially when you you're the older guy. It's not your last year. You know what I mean? Like if he's a senior, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's like that's something to consider. Now, I'm not predicting that by any means, but I would not be shocked at all if that were to happen. No, I get because that. Because that's the case. But I think I, I think I'm going to lean with you because just like why not throw him out there? Because again, yeah, you got Florida State, but how good is Florida State? They won five games last year. They're awful. They had their, we'll talk about them later. Sorry, we'll get to that. But I, I'm going to agree with you. I guess we'll agree and make it be boring. But I will say this. I'll give it a um, – we'll probably do this again during our week zero wrap-up thing. I'll probably give a um, 40% chance to uh, Chase Cold, Cord getting to start as of now. That could change when we record in a couple of days, which I doubt, but you never know. Well, and you uh, mentioned right at the very beginning, too, that he's also going to have a really, really good defense. Mm-hmm. But – also a defense that that itself is not without some questions that's true um one quick thing i know offensive line we say really good let's just hope the right side's better than last year and not screw up too often right that's all I, well here's what i'm gonna say you know because i think in the middle of last year they swapped out andres preciado for jonah juku and that yeah. was when the offense really came together he and even on, even on the year you know Rippin only ended up with a sack rate of about 6.7 percent which isn't great which is but it's not terrible so i think that you know again the offensive line is not really a concern to me it ended up right around the national average 58th overall so i mean if i, if I were a boise fan i really wouldn't be concerned about those guys on the front five one quick one more note to go defense just because i found this right now from Dave southhorn boise's offensive line in 2017-2018 Allowed 13 sacks in the first four games and 10 sacks in the first four games the past two years. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right. So defense, you're right. They do have some. They should be very good. Do us a question mark. So we do have our top 52. Have we announced Curtis Weaver yet? No, we have not. And we're at what number eight? <laughs> As of today, yes. So he's better top eight. So he's uh, up there. You got him. You also got David Mo. Who did you see? One of the guys who follows on Twitter says. Because Harrison Dillon not the QB, but draw David Mill under center just because for one game for one snap. Wild Snake. <laughs> wild Snake. That's perfect. Hashtag Wild Snake. Let's make it happen. But they have like what's your concerns for the defense? And let's get get back on plot train train plan because you gotta go. Okay. What's so your I'm, gonna throw, I'm gonna throw something out there that surprised me in doing research. Last year the defense allowed 5.64 yards per play. And that was the worst figure of at least the last 10 years. Interesting. So while by some measures, you know, like I said, they were 38th on on defense by S&P Plus. But when you go back and look at some of the games that were a little bit of closer calls last year, you know, they beat Nevada and they beat BYU in part because they forced turnovers, even as the offense was also kind of sputtering and giving the ball away, too. Yeah. They beat Fresno State and they beat Air Force in the regular season just by virtue of the fact that. You know, the offense was just a little bit better than the Bulldogs and the Falcons were. And beating Utah State at home to close out the year was really kind of a combination of the two. You know, where the offense was on, but also they created a couple of turnovers in that game that really kind of swung it their way. But when you go back and look at what they actually gave up on a per play basis in those games... It was pretty dicey. Like, you know, you're talking about five and a half, six yards per game, which is 
at least for Boise State defense, very uncharacteristic. So while Weber is obviously an elite talent up front, you know, and Moa is obviously an elite talent up front, you know, he's another one of those guys coming back from injury that still yeah. has something to prove. You're on the field. You know, tearing an Achilles is no small Ooh. thing. So is he going to be able to get back to his yeah. previous form? Let's ask Kevin Durant in about 18 months. See that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, you know, is a young or young guys like uh, scale Gahan or, or um, who else am I thinking of? Maybe it's just scale Gahan. I know he's the guy that really, or that really kind of stands out in the middle of that defense. Is he going to be able to take a step forward Chase after, after flashing as a freshman or, or, you know, rotation guys like Sonatani Louie or Chase Atata, are they going to be able to hold up? Because for as good as Weaver is, you know, if they are giving up like six, six and a half yards per game like they were in those games last year. Takes him out of it himself. Defense lineman. What's he doing? He's, he's not going to be able to do it by himself is what I'm saying. And at the linebacker, too, you know, is Wimpy going to be healthy? Is Ezekiel Noah, even though he's primed to take on a larger role in the linebacker core? You know, is is he going to be able to stand up and be kind of that, you know, if not necessarily the next Linton Vanderash, to be a, a quality piece in the middle of that defense? Do you think Curtis Weaver could get 20 TFLs this year? Yeah. Okay, do you think he could get 25? That might be asking a lot. If he gets 25, last year, number four in the country was 25. Number one was 26 and a half. Mm. So he's probably a top 10 TFL guy, which is 19 and a half, you think? He had 15 this past year. Yeah, you could get there. Okay, just curious. So is your concern that, I guess you're concerned a little bit of health, if the uh, a little bit, but I guess you're like, if that, here's the thing, if that yards per play, I pulled up too as well, if they, that was what, that was, I believe, what, six in the Mountain West last year, if I'm correct? It was middle of the pack. Yeah, middle, I think it was like middle fourth pack. or fifth. I was, looking, I was looking earlier, I went to that TFL stat there. So if their total defense is, like leading the conference, like for no no joke here. It's Fresno one. I mean SDSU, really good. Actually, they were. Um, let me refresh, refresh my page here. They were yeah six behind Nevada. If they get to just five point oh, that's like Utah State had a really good defense. They're five point oh. Mm-hmm. So getting just even about a half yard better. If you think about like the amount of plays per game, if a team gets eighty plays, that's forty yards. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a field goal essentially right there, if not more. You know what I mean that forty yards is a, a no nothing to sneeze at right there, and so. Past couple of years, they've had. You know what's interesting, real quick? 2016, they were 5.20 and now second in the conference. Hmm. Interesting. And they were six at 5.6. So maybe last year, yeah, last year was pretty good defenders, defenses there. And the year, year after that, before 2017. But, but, so I think they have a good base, which we both agree. Like the guys have coming back. If Moe can be healthy, if um, losing guys like Durant Miles, we mentioned, like Frazier. They usually have guys who are going to step into play because we know they recruit extremely well. Yeah. So there could be some random freshman or redshirt freshman guy who's highly recruited. that will come in and play every game, and maybe he'll have 20 tackles, a couple TFLs. So it's, again, it's giving the benefit of the doubt. If we go to secondary really quick, or linebacker. Well, we kind of went to linebackers, right? With yes and no, yeah. Let's just, we got to hustle. Let's get to uh, DBs here. Avery Williams, really good. Like, really good. So... They do. They who they have back of that secondary. They do lose um, Tyler Horton, who is uh, yeah, human highlight. Big loss. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're bringing back literally everybody else yeah, who played a role last year. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm looking through, and they get and, back. And that's back one of those. Team. That's one of those things that's going to make a huge difference because we you know, we talk about injury luck, and that was one of those things that really kind of blew through this secondary last year. 
you know, you, we haven't even mentioned DeAndre Pierce, who was one of the better safeties in the conference two years ago. You know, he's coming back. You know, Kiko Nawahini is still there. Avery Williams was banged up throughout last year. He's coming back. Uh, Kekaula Kaniho is coming back. And the guys who stepped up and saw more playing time last year, like Jalen Walker, you know, he had a little bit of a trial by fire, especially in non-conference play last year. But he's probably going to step up into that role vacated by Horton. And that's not even talking about other guys like Tyreek Jones, Jordan Happel. You know, it's hard, it's hard to see how all these guys are going to play significant roles, but this is like far and away the deepest secondary in the conference. You know what they actually need to work on? They didn't pick the ball very well last year. That's one thing I was going to point out. They had, they had, they had only seven I, interceptions. Seven. It's seven and three were by uh, Canillo there. Canillo. And that's and, one of those things yeah. that can really make a significant difference because there are some things that yeah. seem almost likely to swing away from Boise's favor. And it's not because of any lack of skill or anything like that. One thing I mentioned on Twitter recently was the idea of fumble luck. Oh, careful of that fumble luck. You know you can play well and just take the ball and it's fine. You, there's no luck involved when you strip the ball and that ends up football match. Stripping the ball is a skill. Yeah. Falling on the ball is not. And just all remember that. Ball that's not round, it can bounce quirky. There is some luck involved. So, <laughs> rec- so recovering 17 of 22 fumbles again isn't likely to happen. No. But creating more havoc on the back end is something that Boise can improve upon because when you go and look at the havoc by units, you know, there's a pretty clear drop off from the from the defensive line to the linebackers to the DBs, you know, and havoc, by the way, is just the percentage of plays where you have TFL pass defended or a forced fumble or an interception or something like that. So it was 6.7 up front, which was 24th nationally. And it was 5.9 on the back end, but that was only 87th. So if those guys in the secondary can just get more hands on passes, that's one of those things that, you know, when you create those opportunities and you break up those passes, the more of those you get, the more interceptions you're likely to get as a result. Yeah, I think two things a little bit. They, are, they ran the ball a touch better, teams did against Boise, but interceptions, really quick, they were tenth, tied for 10th. Pass, break, pass breakups, 11th. Pass defended. 11th yes and so just get a let's just say they get double digit interceptions which would be middle of the, if they're just basically middle of the pack that's that's a pretty big deal whoever breaks up it's a defense lineman a guy knocks the ball loose in the secondary but they were just well this is probably even though they've already coming back and that horton avery williams actually really, not actually but they had really good talent back there but it was basically a 50 50 ball or a close ball to get in there and get your hand up or knock it out they weren't very good at that so if they're just a little bit better, maybe that could offset something else on the defense. Like, oh, maybe this section here is a touch worse, but they're a touch better here, and it, it kind of balances back out. So mm-hmm. this is probably the area of the most improvement they could have on the defense, I think. Definitely. And, oh, by the way, there are other guys, too, that they brought in. Like, they brought in Kafari Buffalo, who was a transfer from the Citadel. They moved Roman Confensis to the secondary. He's going to be in that same mix with Kaniho as a nickelback. So they've got options back there. It's just, you know, it's not to say that there's a lot of quote-unquote prove it. There's just a little bit of question that maybe more so than the other questions that are surrounding this team. I'm, I'm more confident that they're going to find results when yeah, it comes I, to that kind of thing. Yeah, they, they'll be fine. I just think there's a one area. Because, again, it could – here's the thing, too, like, we're pretty confident the fumble recovery will not go in the favor as much. So let's just say it goes 50-50. But then they improve on the deep. You mean passes knocked down? It's like it's exactly. not over, but it, it could offset a bit. So let's hustle here. We go special teams. They need a new punter. Um, 
they also need a new place kicker, a field goal kicker. They just so. need to get better overall at everything on special teams. They were 121st yeah. nationally by SP Plus last year. If John Hightower t- returns kicks, he needs to be better. And Avery Williams, we see what he can do. It was okay this past year. The year before, I think it was really good. So I think they have potential to return spots, but it's like, come on, do it. It seems like the uh, the, the the kicker and punter situations have I haven't heard anything disastrous coming out of camp so far. That's good, right? I think that Joel Velasquez is likely to play a role one way or the other in that regard. Yeah, he's kickoff guy last year, so I'm pretty sure he'll be in the mix. But And I'm sure that's one of those things that literally everybody's keeping their eye on because that was one of the things that betrayed them maybe more often oh, than anybody would have liked last year. Not just kicking, snapping the freaking ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oklahoma State, San Diego State, come on. Yeah. It's a uh, – we don't need to get into that, but ball – player make it simple <laughs> get it to the guy there you go there you go so, all right let's take a quick break then we'll get to the schedule here or no excuse me not schedule i'm going to insert really quick our raj interview that all right now we get to um another part of the podcast the boise state preview which is an exception because we didn't do this for any other podcast so you yes. should be um raj should be feel special well i mean boise state is not the current reigning champs um tip of the cap to fresno state but boise still is by far the most important team and the king of the mountain west so i think this is only appropriate hmm, they got the chair so i guess that counts maybe the throne the throne <laughs> they got the throne it looks like it's coming back this year mm. so um what adjustments are they making what should we add to that because that's a good thing to know the throne, um, do you know what it was just um, I don't know if you saw this, but ESPN released a little clip on Twitter with like the the, the U chain and whatever and mm-hmm. Avery um Avery Williams got a little like shout out because he was on the um he was on the package. That's right. They showed him sitting on the throne, it was pretty cool. So they have to bring it back, right? They have to bring it back now. That was the best thing ever because we got like I said, the chain, they had the belt and then it's like, dude, you got a chair. What are you, what else are you gonna do? How can you top that? <laughs> so this this year's gonna be fun for Boise State. Here's the thing about the league: we're not we're not gonna do like two hours like last time, so we'll keep this fairly brief, I guess, <laughs> briefish. So with the league, every single team, boy, Boise included, obviously Utah State, Fresno State, lost a lot of talent. Like, yes, Boise does. Like you're right, they do get the benefit of the doubt because they got the same similar to Utah State. Most of the defense is back, so they'll be fine with some great defenders. Like you got. Uh, David Moe is back there. Got a lot of guys who are going to be really good for Boise State. Utah State has their guys like Woodward and Tippa. Offense, question marks, but like you said, like any ranking you see, top 25 or Mountain West, that's why they're predicted to be at top of the conference again because they've done it for so many years. That's why you mentioned Fresno State probably be fine, but they haven't had like a, even like a four to six year high level trend of winning nine plus games. So that's why I think we both believe Boise is going to be in contention until proven otherwise almost every single year. Well, not only do they recruit better, but um, you're right. Um, this, they've had a lot of you know, turnover at coordinators, but Brian Harson has been there for five years, and he has a track record of churning out 9, 10, 11 wins every single year. So until he stops doing that and stops going to the, the conference championship game, which he's done three out of five years, I think you got to kind of pample them in unless you have some really pressing reason not to. Yeah, like they're – like. To say they're not going to compete, they may not make it every year, but, but they typically do. They're going to be up there every year. Like the last year, Utah State game came down to basically deciding that they took care of business. We'll see what happens this year. They go to Logan, but let's start with the biggest position people care about: quarterback. Mm-hmm. So what? Well, it's cl- right now. We don't know what's going on because they're keeping tight lit, and they got what three guys out there who are competing. Well, they got three guys competing. Um, Redshirt senior Jalen Henderson, he did make one throw last year. Um, it was incomplete, <laughs> and that was his only throw 
um, that he's made at the um, at the FBS level. But you know, all the talk about him has been that he um, he's been a steady leader, and you know, he he probably would be a solid second, maybe third string quarter quarterback. So I just wanted to give him a tip of the cap because um, he's been doing a good job as a leader from all sources. So, but. If he's starting and taking majority of the snaps in game one, that's a, probably a problem. Yeah. Um, there, um, Brian Harson did make some interesting comments after the scrimmage, which was closed to the media, but they did have a live scrimmage. And he said that Chase Cord was playing pretty much, you know, full, um, playing everything he wanted to play other than goal line, and that was only done for uh, safety reasons, just like precautionary mm-hmm. reasons. So it looks like Chase Cord might be further along than we thought. And then... Bachmeyer is living up to all the, the hype as as hype can has hype goes and um, we just don't know I guess uh, so no clarity that I could provide to you as a fan but yeah. um, look it looks like Cord will probably be ready and it looks like Bachmeyer is ahead of schedule. It would make the most sense you go with the guy who's actually been on the team for a little longer. I know Bachmeyer came early in spring to come do his thing to participate that way, but I remember I read somewhere I think it was over at the Idaho State's been like what do we know about a new Boise quarterback? When it's like a freshman new starter, well, it's either hit or not hit, not hit or miss, but it's not bad. But it's like there's, it's okay. We do fine, or they go to the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> well, you and know, so it's like it's hard really to make up make up what they're gonna do. It's like how it, the track record is kind of not. It's just not clear. It's like there's two ends of it, but neither's really bad. Sure. One's just great, and one's just oh, we're good. Well, one thing that should be brought up with Chase Court is what made him a pretty good player last year and hopeful moving forward is that he had legs. So we thought he could fit better into Zach Hill's system. If he is, if he's not fully ready to run, then how effective is he? And um, he did have ACL t- mm-hmm. um, issues in high school, and his senior year he didn't run very much, and um, his stats dropped pretty dramatically. And um, so we don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do if he doesn't have the, the ability to scramble. And then um, Bachmeyer is he's big, tall. He can move around and he can throw the ball. So, um, but he is a true freshman. It's just, it's just so hard. And um, Brian Harson did say he's going to release who starts. Um, if I were him, as frustrating as it is for a fan, I wouldn't release who is starting until the very first snap of the game. Um, but, what do you, what do you um, say? Ten like days, he, I think, something like that. Week plus. Yeah, yeah, I think it's probably for the team and just start divvying up the snaps. But it looks like they'll name a game one starter. Um, if they do name Jalen Henderson, um, that doesn't mean he's playing the whole game. It doesn't mean whoever is is nominated is going to play the entire game, unless it's Chase Cord and um, they say he's not going to be held up with the injury. Then he'll probably play the whole game unless you know performance or injury. But I think he's playing know, enough in practice outside the goal line to not worry about it. It's just you go to the Florida State, which we'll talk in a minute about like kind of what yeah. your prediction stuff. But here's the you go on a road to that team who's whatever, they only won five games last year. Willie Taggart's like over promised, under delivered by Miles out there. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, we're gonna be great. Like, no, relax. So here's the thing <laughs> about that. New quarterback? Okay, well what is Boise? Run the ball well. Oh well, new running back as well. Like I made this argument not this argument, but kind of my Thoughts when Jeremy McNichols left the NFL. We've they've had a proven track record going back to Doug Martin of guys going to the NFL, JHI, everybody making the league. It's usually going to be fine, but it's still a concern. Like, well, we won't know until we see it somewhere with quarterback. Typically, it's going to be fine, but game one, you can't just say, okay, we're going to hand the ball off to let our, our stud running back, like maybe it's Robert Mahone, maybe it's somebody else. Well, we don't know who that's going to be either because it's a new guy. I believe this is the first time in a long time they've had both a new QB and running back. And for any team, even for the consistency and recruiting they do and coaching they have, there has to be in the back of your mind some concern about how good is this guy going to be? Because remember when McNichol or Ajayi left, 
nobody it didn't really happen for like week five or six for somebody to emerge. Well, I think that there was one difference is because like when Ajayi was playing, um, you, in his last year, McNichols took all the snaps as the re- as a true yeah. freshman. Mm-hmm. And then the same thing happened when McNichols was um, a junior. He was going to take off. Masson took all the backup snaps. And last year, um, Andrew Van Buren, as a true freshman, did take some snaps, but he didn't really win that role yeah. over Robert Mahoney. So they kind of, just so you know, the two of them are going to be in the mix. And then George Lani, who will play, he'll definitely play. Mm-hmm. He's a true freshman, and he's practicing with um, with what Brian Harson is calling the veteran squad. So he's definitely going to play, but um, he's a smaller, shiftier back. And, you know, I'm 18, 19. I don't know how old he is, but he's not going to carry the ball 20-plus no, times. So at least not game one. Be, <laughs> it looks like it's going to be um, a running back by committee. And then one other significant loss that Boise State had was um, they picked up the number one J.C. tight end. Um, um, I think his name was Austin Griffith, and he was ruled academically eligible. He's no longer with the team. So um, that would have been a nice option to have. He's, he was like 6'7 or 6'8, some really tall um, JC tight end, but um, you know, when you have a young quarterback, obviously you want to have a tight end running back options just to take some of the load off them. Because Boise State's strength right now is yeah on the on the right side of the offensive line and at wide receivers. But if you don't have a quarterback that you can trust, that's not going to help that much yeah, against a really good yeah, fast I'm, Florida State defense. Yeah, that's what me and Matt mentioned earlier before we brought you on about like the offensive line brings everybody back. All conference right. guys like Ezra Cleveland, probably likely NFL guy. John Moulton will make make his league as well. Three, what three twenties? Huge offensive line. So even sure. if quarterback hiccups or whatever, they're gonna be protected. One thing I want to see: John Hightower get some handoffs. Is he gonna get the ball any way possible? Like last year in a couple of games where he had those multiple touchdowns off the bat. He's a guy where think- it's gonna be mixing him in that way would be could help ease up the running games. Just say some jet sweeps or something quick easy place to him running the ball or something would be helpful to the new backs just to have a different look, which we've seen it before, but a more experienced guy out there taking the ball. Well, not just um, um, Hightower, but I think Khalil Shakir is going to be doing a lot of little trick plays too. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have some option. And, you know, this is not a situation where their quarterback got injured and they're scrambling. They're, they've been preparing and planning all year for this. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the other side of the ball, it will be more important against Florida state because um Florida State's one big hole is probably their quarterback. They got um, Somebody. James Blackman. It looks like he's going to be the projected starter. Um, he beat out um, the Wisconsin transfer. Austin it looks Hornibrook, like... who I don't trust for my life watching him play. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, he got – I mean, he couldn't score against BYU, which wasn't good. Oh, so, um <laughs> So, um, and it's not very often that a multi-year starter loses his job as a senior. So, um I don't know what's happening there, but either way, it's if um, I think one thing that's kind of being under talked about is David Moa is slowed up a little bit in practice. That's supposedly just precautionary reasons, but if he's healthy and Chris Weaver's healthy, and uh, Florida State does have some problems at their offensive line, they're missing a couple of guys to injury, and they just really just moved around a lot of guys last year. So I think that's one thing that could really change the game if Boise State's able to put pressure on whoever Florida State's quarterback is. And, you know, you got to win the turnover battle. I think Boise State's got to win the turnover battle by about two, and I think that's the formula to win. And um, that's tough. So I would say Boise State, I'd give them about a 35% chance of winning this yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's like a touch, not a touchdown, excuse me, three to five point line. They're trying to, um, which you cannot do in Idaho, simulate the humidity, but they do the best they can. <laughs> They've been, let's get the field wet. They, what they should do, maybe they're doing it, it's indoor facilities, so not sprinklers. But if it's sprinklers, you run those on a mist all day, get the cloud coverage going, get to 95 degrees. 
That'll be brutal. Do we know the kick time? Is it like a midday kick? Has that? Have we? Do we know that? It, it's a mid-afternoon kick. Oh, great! Right in the middle of the day at twelve o'clock. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But um, I, the, the the team has been what the local media is reporting in Boise is that the last couple of practices I've been with um, the heat turned up and uh, mm. Florida State. Um, oh wait, no, actually, Tom it's Hawks a seven o'clock game. I thought it was a middle of the day game. Oh yeah, it's mid afternoon. I should have been more specific. Well, I guess for, out for, for us. Me. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's seven Eastern, so it'll still be warm, but there's maybe some cloud coverage. But guess what? Humidity doesn't matter if it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing, um, a lot of a lot of the guys be here, Rain's Dave Southern, a lot of local media has been reporting is that uh, Brian Harson has been pumping in the Florida State, what's called the War Chant, the Tomahawk. Get it top. right. Don't get the wrong one, or you get yelled at. <laughs> I don't want to get yelled at. So they've been playing that at full volume. But this game is going to be in Jacksonville. Um, I thought originally that the, they were moving the game to Jacksonville to maybe cancel the Boise State return game and make this neutral site game. But from what I'm reading on Florida State boards, this game was really moved to appease some, um, you know, big time uh, boosters that just happen to be on the Eastern Seaboard type of deal. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what the 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 crowd's definitely going to be Florida State yeah, heavy, but it's not exactly at least, the same yeah. thing. It'll be yeah, it'll be heavy then, but it may not have this. Well, obviously, it won't have the same at Doak Walker out there in the stadium. And yes. So it's like this game; it's huge. Like I, they could eat. Like I don't say easily, but they're on a one to ten. If they were, to, if Boise were to win, I'd be like, okay, like maybe a four. You know what I mean? It's like there are yeah, basically sure. it's a road. Like if they're at home, it'd be like a pick em game essentially. It's like a three to five, like a three to five point game. It's not. Florida State's coming off a bad year. Boy Taggart had a terrible recruiting class his first year. To bring it in because an early cycle had to bring in whoever to be the OC to recruit because of that new signing period that's now in what late around Christmas time essentially. And so they finally did it last year, but all these new freshmen are going to come into play. New quarterback where Boise has they have the same OC in DC from last year, right? They saw Zach Hill or no, Andy Alvarez has gone to Oregon. Alvarez has gone. They so have um, there's that, but um, they'll Jeff, be fine. Promoted from within, right? Jeff. Linebackers coach. I believe. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I think they'll be okay. They're they are making a little bit of switch from um, uh, three traditional linebackers to um, kind of like a nickel hybrid safety, and um, I think that'll give them a little bit more speed. But um, yeah, I think I think Boise State's defense is going to be fine. They're just gonna, it's just going to be a heavy load on their shoulders because um, you know the defense is. I don't I don't know how much points you can expect from the Boise State offense. I think seventeen. Um, Ooh, gotta 17 be more more than that. I think if you're gonna win that one. I think you need at least 21 to 24 to win, minimum. Well, I mean, let's say 17 points are driving the ball down the field and then maybe another touchdown that happens either directly okay. off an interception or a turnover or putting them in good good range. But, um, I mean, you just never know because it's going to be really difficult for a young quarterback. I mean, it's not like Chase Court is some type of seasoned quarterback. Um, last year he played, I think, probably five or six games before he went down with his injury. So um, it's going to be a young quarterback, inexperienced quarterback, and it's going to be a big game. And, I think 70 to 24 points is probably what you're going to get from the offense. Let me give you some positive notes here. Florida State last year averaged 21 points per game. 13 <laughs> well, to yeah, 14. Some... That was fewer points than Pittsburgh. Then <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> and, and, you know, they didn't even come away from last season saying, all right, we got our quarterback figured out, or we have something going. It's just their, their offensive line is in shambles, which makes me really happy because yeah. the, the, the strength of – Boise State's defense will hopefully be Curtis Weaver. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I just don't know if Willie Taggart's not a good coach. But we know that they have recruits and we know that they have yeah. speed. So, uh, yeah. So, like, here's the teams that the, that were good last year they played, that lost to, like, Syracuse, top 15, 30-7 loss. Clemson, 59-10, clearly. Notre Dame, 42-13. Florida, 
who has no offense at all, scored 41 points against Florida State. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I was gonna, oh, I was looking up like their game differentials, and I was gonna, I thought that they probably showed life near the end of the season, but that wasn't the case. They didn't finish strong. They didn't look good, and um, they were trying to jump through hoops to try to keep their bull streak alive, and um, it just didn't happen. So um, they didn't finish the year strong. Uh, Plus four but, or five, so they barely beat Boston College. Who who knows how they are? Because we barely saw them for a quarter in Dallas. Yeah, they, they had they had one moment in the sun last year. Uh, I, but, it's, uh, so that game, I like. I'm, I guess I'll, well, I don't well. We'll have the predictions, but I I think I'm just going for Boise win just because why not? I'll, I'll do the same thing. I think it's unlikely, but um, that's why you play the game, right? So yeah. I, when I say unlikely, I think it's. One out of a three chance, so that's pretty good. <laughs> let's just hope that it, it comes up Boise State. And let me, just to put a cap on this game, I think last year had Boise State beat Oklahoma State, the NY six train would would have uh, just gone full on the rails. Yeah. This year, I think that um, we beat Florida State game one. I think it's going to be NY six hype right off the bat because uh, if we win, that means our quarterback situation is least workable, mm-hmm. and our schedule is so soft this year that I think that you win this game and you're looking at. There's no way they're going to lose two games. Two two games will be the worst case scenario after. Yeah, because they get Marshall is not bad, but it's at home. Air Force right. is going to be good at home. At UNLV, I don't know. That's with Armani Rogers. Maybe Hawaii at home will be a reasonable good test. We depending what BYU does at the on the road, but it's always a close one. So that's a a reasonably tough game. But Wyoming's at home. They go to Utah State. There's a there's like if you're looking at a couple losses on the schedule. Like the team the game where I say, okay, I can see them losing. Florida State, Hawaii, at BYU, and at Utah State. That's about it. Like Wyoming's you know, lost a lot of their defenders up front. That's difficult. Marshall at home might give them a challenge, but that's I'm gonna give that almost a for sure win. There's like maybe three games I can see that could be a loss, three or four at most. But they're not gonna lose all those games. Well, okay, one thing about Marshall I wanted to just say real quickly is that's on a short week, so they play them on Friday night, and it's right after going to Florida State. So yeah, I think they're gonna win this game, but um it it might be tricky. Win or lose, you know, they'll probably be pretty beat down, pretty emotional after Florida State, unless you know it's a blowout. And um, I'm just saying that might be a little yeah, bit yeah. tough. I'm not, and they're a decent not, team too, so it's not like it's just some pushover. Right, right. And Marshall, I think, is playing um some type of division, uh, like Virginia Military Institute. So I, I don't know if that's an FCS school. I don't know what that it's is. It's FCS school, VMI, yeah, low level. Okay, so, okay, so it is an FCS. It's a win. So, <laughs> so they're gonna have a scrimmage week one. So uh, the way I'm kind of looking at it is, I think um the BYU game will be kind of a toss up. I think Boise State's a little bit better, but not by much. And um it's gonna be in Provo and. BYU's been playing them tough, so I think that's going to be a toss-up. Mm-hmm. And I think Utah State, um, I would say Boise State probably has about a 65-70% chance of winning that game. And then I'll give maybe one loss against the field at 50%. So that's how I see Boise State after the Florida State game. So yeah. that's oh, I see that being like maybe one to two losses, but you know, it might be, and they might be able to run the table. And it's so weird how these type of things work out when obviously I don't think top to bottom they're as strong as they were last year, but the schedule sets up much nicer for them. Yeah, look, just because we said tough games are at home, tougher ones. Like, yes. When you look at like their win probability, like at S and P plus, they're projected to win every single game. Even Florida State and BYU. Fifty-four percent Florida State and BYU is sixty percent. Those are their two. Or and Utah State's fifty-six. So it basically goes Florida State, Utah State, BYU. And with BYU, well, it's like I don't know who they're running. Who's gonna? They might run the ball well. They don't have a receiver to save their life, 
So we'll see how that goes eventually until I believe it outside of their tight end. It's like, well, show me something here. Well, I don't think Utah State is going to be as hard as a lot of people are thinking. Because just They're replacing their entire offensive line, and Boise State's biggest problem is quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're going to have quarterbacks figured out by their 11th so, game. So Utah State, that's the thing. But still, it's that's why I like that game late in the year, like with both teams having issues. I kind of right. I haven't soured on Utah State, but I've kind of eased up because I think I have them at ten wins, which maybe a touch high. By that time, who knows what's going to happen with either team? If you have it, you're not new at that point. You know, what I mean, week ten, eleven, twelve, right. everybody's played experienced. It is in Logan, so it gives them a little bit of advantage there. Depending, it's a night game, so oh, snow game that'd be fun. That'd be exciting <laughs> to see whoever knows. But at that point, both team any issues they've had should be resolved. But overall, Utah State like early on, like okay, there's a new line. Gerald Bridge, there's a guy from I think Snow College running back that they really like as well, who could step in. But you're right, new offensive line, new receivers. Maybe Savon Scarver will step up, and he's you already know he's All American return guy. Is he going to be what Rontavian Carver was last year or something? But that my the game I'm most excited to see is probably the Utah State game for his Boise. Would you say that um, I've I've already went ahead and said that that's right now the most anticipated game on the conference slate this year? Would you agree? Oh, with that? Con- Looking- in conference, like I would, um, well, not from Boise State for the entire yeah. conference. I would say that right now, obviously, mm-hmm. things are going to change as we go along the year. But right oh, yeah, now, yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, yeah. Overall, I could see that. The only other game because Boise doesn't play Fresno, San Diego State doesn't play San Diego State Fresno. But Aztecs were kind of not great last year; they fell off. I would say, yeah, and I don't trust Hawaii enough to say Hawaii Fresno State, especially because I think that's in. Fresno. So. That one is like I, a, I pulled a break. I I'm I like here's the two teams of high on. They play Fresno is in Hawaii, and I'm oh, I love Air Hawaii. Force as well because I've already okay. even without Cole Fagan, like Troy Calhoun knows what he's doing. They bring back nearly everybody. Like they're my dark horse team to win the whole conference. Air Force is like I wouldn't be shocked if they were to win ten games and win the conference. Like okay, so let me let me ask you this, okay? Because you know a lot of people are saying Utah State has a chance of winning the conference. They did, yeah, they did winning well. the division. Mm-hmm. But here, just hear me out. I think Utah State's biggest problem is their schedule. Okay, so they're playing yeah. at Fresno and at Air Force, and then they host San Diego State and um, Nevada. I think it's likely that they might go two and two in those two games. Yeah, that stretch. Like here's the thing too: they got Wake Forest, whatever. I don't care. They go to to right. LSU, but they get a bye week before. But you're right. That stretch Nevada, who probably be okay, but you go and that's at home, right? Yeah, you host Nevada, go to Air Force. Come back to BYU to play, host BYU, trying to win third straight against Cougars. Go to Fresno. Wyoming's defense, even with the losses they've had, the guys being out with ACL, it's going to be difficult, reasonably. Then they get Boise. It's like that stretch. It, their schedule, like they, if they get beat up versus LSU, you know what I mean, at San Diego State, like there's some tougher games where like they could lose the Aztecs. That wouldn't be too surprising. Pro- more than likely at LSU, nine, probably 80% chance. At Wake, probably toss-up. But the, the schedule is it's backloaded where they have a final set. Even with two buys, they play what, seven in a row, ten to season, six in a row. That'll you be difficult. I, and, I don't think it's that outlandish. Cause I'm not really focusing on Utah State's out-of-conference games. Yeah. I'm just looking at Boise State. The only challenging games that Boise State will have in conference before they play Utah State is Wyoming, mm-hmm. Air Force, and Hawaii. And all, all three of those games out. are on the blue turf. And they're all spread out too. Yeah, and all three of those games are on the blue turf. So I think Boise State's probably going to win all of those. So it might be – likely. So Utah State might have two conference losses before they even face Boise State. That's why I mean, like that'll be interesting because the Air Force game will have already been played. That's going to be right. those are top three teams. I think we're clear to say Boise, Air Force, Utah State in some order will be top three. 
Right. There's no, I don't think Guam, people on Wyoming train, I was in my other train where they're healthy. I'm like, no, get away from me. Sean Chambers. I think Wyoming, you could say, I I mean, I'll just, just a quick tip of the cap to Wyoming. I think they'll be better than Colorado State oh, and New Mexico. So they might be a middle team. Yeah. If that's some type of you know, respect mm-hmm. factor, but I think they'll be a middle team. With their defense losing guys, they're, they've taken a step back. But like, right. when, when Boise plays right, it's all spread out of when they play. So it's not, they don't have a huge stretch. Their, their schedule is like perfect. They go four off, three off, four. Right. And not, there's no, like, what's their toughest back-to-back Kauai at BYU? Like, uh, that's not that daunting. Like, there are two games in a row. Florida State Marshall, I guess, with a travel short week, just because right. when you consider everything. But as for maybe importance or, I don't know, those are the two tough games, like the stretch. But I'm like, it, it's like the best schedule you could possibly have. And so if you talk about New York Six, New York Six stuff, they beat Florida State, which they get respect because of Florida State, but not who knows, they may win six or seven games. They right. will still need help from – because Central Florida will be ranked at some point, or they're, they already are ranked in the early polls. They'll be fine. they got Stanford Week 2, which will be interesting. But if Boise wins in Florida State, they'll, get, they'll be ranked for sure because they're just on the cusp right there. And then I like Air Force. Who knows what credit they'll get, but they, the, the only problem they have in moving up is unless Utah State does really good or BYU, they're not going to play a ranked team the rest of the way. But then again, all you got to do is win the conference, and if UCF loses to USF or who knows the Temple game like last year is crazy or Stanford knocks them off. It be smooth sailing. It's like there's nothing that scares me on their schedule outside of not even Florida State scares me all that much. It's like there's no game of schedule. Like, ooh, be careful of that team. Like Utah State's right, probably right. well for me. I'd say Hawaii honestly, just because I think Cole McDonald and that offense could be really good and be a huge fun test, and that could be a great game. But even then, it's like well, when they come to the mainland, they're they're they struggle, and so it's like come on. Right. Um. I think Hawaii does have a bye week before they come to Boise for what that's worth, but um. They're still traveling to the mainland. I think here's the way I look at it is uh, the committee, uh, they don't really pay attention that much to the group of five. So I think no. if Boise State's undefeated, um, just the name recognition is going to put them above. Like he was, some people are talking about Houston, Cincinnati schedule, and they will. their schedules are better than Boise State. But I, in some weird scenario where Boise State's undefeated and Houston's undefeated, I'm not, I'm not even worried about that because – First of all, it's very unlikely that's going to happen. And mm-hmm. second of all, I think the committee will just give the nod. I think the committee is just going to put Central Florida first, the Boise State second, and then the AAC third, and then miscellaneous Mount West team fourth. Yeah. And, um, well, it's like I, I think, years ago, Marshall, when they were – unfortunately, their schedule was just crap because West Virginia canceled. They were right. – I remember Boise – I think it was, wasn't it Boise ranked ahead of them. They were 10-0 right. yep. and didn't even get ranked until 10-0. I'm like, I guess we'll stick them at 24 if we have to. It's like – Boise is a bigger name, which helps, but it may not ha- like beating Florida State will help, and they'll be re- here's the thing with them: they'll be ranked the entire year, and even even though you know coaches AP don't matter much, but still, oh, we got number twenty two playing Air Force, who's four and zero. You know what I mean? Like four and zero, four and zero, or three and zero playing each other. You got number B- at BYU, you got number seventeen Boise State. You know what I mean? They'll keep sliding up, and you would hopefully you think with I think more people are in Hawaii a little bit to be more respectful because their hot start last year that could be a decent win. Air sure. Force and like they're just gonna slowly move up just because teams lose, unfortunately, because they don't have like a great team. They miss Fresno and San Diego State and even Nevada, who's been better of late, it's well, sort of, but you know what I mean? Like they're they're exciting, a little bit go to bowl games here and there, but right. let, me, let me ask you this in real quick before we wrap it up here. Right. Cause we've gone longer than what I told you before, which is fine. Um, right, right. But just to wrap it up real quick, I think um the pulse I'm getting from most Boise State fans, and I agree with this, is um you know we we talked NY six just because we have to, but like I think what really what Boise State fans want is just a conference championship this year, and I think um 
I, I would be very, very disappointed in the Broncos if they did not get to the conference championship game. And, I, you know, in a one-off in a conference championship game, if they lose, it's disappointing. But I think I would be – I would consider the season to be an utter failure if they did not get to the conference championship game. And the only real scenario that, would, that, that could happen is if Utah State is much better than I'm giving them credit mm-hmm. for or uh, Boise State just collapses without a quarterback. So um, – you know, Utah State is just some some super hot team, and they happen to upset Boise State, and they've gone the rest of their conference schedule with only one loss or undefeated. Then that 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 would suck. But uh, there should be no real reason that Boise State doesn't reach the conference championship game unless Utah State's way better or Boise State just collapses. I'm pretty sure that game will decide the title because Boise and Air Force have already played, as will yes. Utah State Air Force because that early game for Air Force and Boise. And Utah State Air Force is a few weeks before, so I'm pretty sure, like, we'll see how they – there'll be some sort of split of some score. But those – and we'll know that would be, like, the de facto division title game. Like, basically, it'll be what last year was. The winner goes on. Yeah, yeah. The only kind of weird scenario that I could see is if, like, Utah State has, like, one loss to Fresno State or something, mm-hmm. and they beat Boise State, so now they both have one loss. And then if Boise State wins their next game and Utah State loses to whoever, which sc- yeah, whatever there's that one game, scrub but... they have. But yeah. again, they go so, too far as no. They go to Air Force. They have they, go, they have all those road games to San Diego State. So it's seeming less likely. But I still think that game will determine. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll already be decided. But if it, if I'm to the believe as you are as well, they're the top three teams in some order. That game will probably be deciding that. But it could be done before that. So you said successful win the conference, unsuccessful or failure not going to conference. All right, not going to the conference championship title game. Sorry. So if they go to the conference game. And lose, I that's a that's a disappointing middle ground. Even okay, all right, I see you. All right, so <laughs> let's do one thing. We're, we're going to put these up in written form. But I want to ask you now here: Who's one player we should know about that nobody's really mentioning? Is it could it be for you whoever the quarterback is? Even though we're sort of talking about him, but we just don't know who. <laughs> well, this is kind of for um maybe since this is a kind of hopefully non Boise State fans are listening to this, but I'm going to say because Boise State fans are talking about this guy is George Alani. So he's a true freshman running back from California. He was their um, their number two recruit after uh, Bachmeyer, and um, he's going to play, and I think he's going to be really good for the next three years. Um, he might go to the NFL early. He might be next Jeremy McNichols type of guy. He's kind of shifty and fast. So I think he's going to be the guy that I want to talk about. Um, he, I think he's going to have a big year. And um, Khalil Shakir, most people know who he is, but um, – I think he's going to be healthy, and he's not a true freshman anymore. I think he's going to have a big year. So I think George Alani is – and Boise State fans, I'm, I'm sorry if this is a little bit disappointing because everyone kind of knows these two guys, but um, I'm going to put those two guys out for the conference. Can, I say, Ac- really deep Can I say Octavius Evans perhaps? Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's had a great he's, – he's had a great um, – Missed last year, camp. so there's a thing right there. Finally healthy. That's the word I'm hearing, so hopefully. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of Boise State fans have been talking about him. Maybe not kind of versus Khalil Shakir, but, you know, I'm kind of thinking that Shakir is going to be the guy, and some people are thinking Evans mm-hmm. is going to be the guy, and then you still have Hightower. So the, the wide receiver group is going to be good. It's going to be good. It's just can the quarterback get him the ball? Obviously, right. that's the big question. All right, and you sort of mentioned this. The most important game, is it Florida State or is it Utah State? Or BYU. I'm going to say Florida State. Like, um, I saw some of the other people's kind of answers, and um, they were saying Florida State, and I was trying to trying to get myself to say Utah State, but I just don't think Utah State is going to be that tough of a game. And I think Utah State might have one or two losses in conference before they play Boise State. So I don't think it's going to be undefeated versus undefeated, like, you know, type of situation, even undefeated in conference versus undefeated in conference. So I'm going to say Florida State because that really changes everything. If Boise State wins that game, they're back in, like, 
the national spotlight, NY6, everything is going on, back to being in the top 25. And if they lose that game, the season's not over. It just has a different spin on it. It's just going to be, hey, we just need to circle the wagons, get a quarterback this year and win the conference, and then really set up for next year. I just changed mine. I'm going to go Air Force. Hear me out. You really no, 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 no. It's not because I think they're going to be great, which I do think they're pretty good. Here's my asterisk. If they lose to Florida State, it's Air Force. Because they play a couple weeks later, and if they're sitting at like one and two or something and lose that game, that looks not good at all. That's my reason. If they lose to Florida State, I just think it's a – I know I'm on them. It's a sneaky game. I, well, it shouldn't be. I don't think people should realize. <laughs> Look at the history. Like, still hammer, seven turnover game. There's a lot of reasoning to say that game's going to at the very least be interesting on some level. Whether Boise State goes out and proves everybody right or whatever verbiage you want to use, then they have no issues with the triple option. They do fine, score a lot of points, win thirty to ten, or it's going to be a slugfest, or so, just weird stuff happens. And My so, only thing about that is Boise State plays Portland State the week before. They got time, so they they will get their quarterback. I think they'll they'll get the quarterback thing figured out by then for sure. And um, no Cole Fagan, and the game is on the blue turf. And uh, Boise State played a little bit better against the triple option. They have. So I think Boise State will be okay in this game. But um, I also want to be yeah, different too be... a little bit. So <laughs> <laughs> if they lose that game, um, you know Boise State's been two and two in the past, and I've now kind of said everything's going to be okay. If they lose two and two, if after that game, I, I do think that that is a reason to panic yeah. because Boise State should not be losing to Air Force at home not, this year. Not especially at home. Like it's it's always a challenge. I think for whoever they play, at least for early. I always say. I don't care who Air Force Army plays; they'll give any team a challenge for at least a half, whether they're top five or not. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm kind of also picking a different game. Like, well, Utah State, we know we've talked about it a ton. I think Air Force is a team people might overlook a touch, and especially if they, if they lose to Florida State, like, oh, they're two and two. That makes that game much more important. So then right. we got last thing. Um, um, oh, not the record. Um, shoot, I had one more. I added a question later. Oh, yeah, what's your bold prediction? That's what it is. Oh, oh, shoot. What what did I say? I got, um, I'll just read it right here. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Hank Bachmeyer will break the record for passing yards in a season by a freshman. Uh, Brett Rippon has a record at 33-53. Um, I think it'll likely to be awesome in long term, even if there are some occasional growing pains. So there you go. No, that, that's 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 Kennedy's response. Oh, crap. Oh, Spoiler alert! Whatever. I'm looking at my email. Did you email me these or not? I forget. Yeah, yeah. Mine's mine. I should be at the bottom of that email. Oh, right? you must just. Oh crap. Well, there's Matt's prediction that if we discussed before. Oh, I don't have yours in front of me, so I guess it's a secret. Hold on. Let me. It, let me go this on the fly. I'm searching my email. I'm like, I have this up. I'm looking at the email thread. So there's Matt's. Hold on. I'll get it here. Here we go. External email. Of oh, probably sent from work, right? Here we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> here we go. I got it right now. Sorry. So you get two bold predictions. Um, Boise will crush Utah State. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, I do remember writing that. I thought I said something about Utah State. I'm not really sure why the Aggies are getting even minor consideration to win the division when they, like we mentioned, San Diego, Fresno, and Nevada, cross-division road games, Wyatt home. Um, yeah, there you go. That's so, yeah, that's what I'm old for. I, I don't think you, I think Utah State wins seven games this year, and I and I mm. really think Boise State will um, will hammer them, and um, I think that's going to be the moment that even if Boise State has two losses at that point, we're going to win that game and lock up the conference and things are going to be feeling not good. So I think that's going to be a really good weekend because I think Utah State will be standing there with like, you know, six and five and Boise State will really just lay the lumber to them. I'll need to think about my bold prediction. I have a negative bold prediction if you care to hear for it. This, let's hear it. Let's hear it because I'm being probably a little bit too optimistic. No, that's okay. It's um, Hawaii can upset Boise State. 
So you got Hawaii no, and no, no, Air no. Force as credible threats. Uh, more Air Force in Hawaii. Hawaii is lower on the list, but hear, hear me out. If Cole, if Cole McDonald doesn't have a buddy scrotum, he's going to be much better this year than last year. <laughs> like his running ability is pretty hampered when you when you're hurting between the legs. And right, so I, right. I get all the negative why, but if it's year two, they run and shoot. Yes, they lose John Asura, but they got Cedric Bird, um, JoJo Ward back there. Hopefully, the running game gets a touch better. I'm just saying if they've learned from last year and are a bit more healthy. And the defense is at least sort of average. And Boise's offense, I don't think it's going to be amazing this year. By midseason, probably fine. They'll still probably be top four in the Mountain West. But if the run and shoot gets going, does Boise have five DBs to guard the whole game? Four DBs? So I'm just saying the potential of what Hawaii, the way Hawaii plays, that's a possibility with that type of offense. Well, okay. I don't think Hawaii's defense is going to be average. And that's my so point. I Me neither. Boise- I'm, I'm stretching on that one. So it's why it's a bold prediction, man. Come on. <laughs> right, right. No, I got you. Um, okay, so let me um I for record for Boise State, I think ten and two is the most likely, but I am not, you know, a straight baseline fan. I'm kinda of biased as most people know. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. go Boise State eleven and one and go into the conference style game. Okay? With the Florida State loss? Um, I'm just gonna I'm just I no, you know what? I'll say that they beat Florida State and then they lose to one game. Um, I'll just say somewhere um, after that. But just not, just not Utah State. State, right? Not Utah State. Just, just <laughs> definitely not Utah State. I, I think realistically, um, anywhere from nine to eleven, I'll, I'm probably with you. Like ten is what I'm thinking. Nine or ten, I might. I well, you've already heard my prediction. Well, my record prediction. Already. No, no, it's coming up. That's right. Sorry, I'm recording this out of order, folks. If you don't know, so I can't give everything <laughs> away. I will say anywhere between nine, even twelve, is possible, but. Like if they get nine wins, is probably my lowest level. I'd look looking to what they could be or not be this year. Yeah, I mean that's the one good thing about Boise State fan. If everything horrible and bad happens, it's going to be an eight win year. Yeah, that's and like the that's, worst case, and that's not. I don't think that's going to happen. When it's that's not going to happen. So that's I guess kind of the luxury of having the program that Brian Harson has built up or maintained. I guess would be a better word. But um, yeah, I think I think you're you're exactly right. Nine to three to ten and two, maybe eleven and one is kind of the most. Likely, and then I guess you could say twelve and zero and eight and four are kind of the outside, you know, possibilities. All right, one last question for you: We got Week Zero games coming up. Why is Game Day not at Honolulu? <laughs> they they should be, and I think they're. I'm kind of okay. What's your? I want to know because I'm kind of happy because just because I'm a bitter kind of like I'm jaded fan. I'm kind of happy that the Washington State Street is going to end. You know, I guarantee it'll be there. I guarantee it'll be there. I'm hoping it's not because I, I want to see it. that dumb streak end. <laughs> It is dumb and amazing, but I think it's going to happen. So, I mean, I'm probably not going to pay. I'm going to watch college football, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, breaking down the matches for week zero yet. I'm just going to no. turn it on and enjoy it. I'm just play. saying, you got game day. Like, <laughs> I don't even care about game day that much. It's just kind of a weird thing. It's like, oh, cool, it's on, whatever. I don't, being out west, is like, it's sort of early. I want to sleep in a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. But I just think it being a Disney World concept, oh, not a bad idea. Nobody there, garbage. That's why you watch, right? The signs. The funny I know. Signs. I know we're running kind of long, but um, that's fine. I went to game day when they came to when they came to Boise. Have you ever gone? to Yeah, game when, day when Utah? Utah in 04, yeah, for the oh, BYU yeah, gotcha. game, yeah. Okay, very cool. When they stuck it in the freaking parking lot, and I'm like, oh, I guess I better get there at 6 a.m. I'm like, oh, cool. So it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that, that's what we did in Boise. We got there. At best part in the morning. Trevor Maddich was still on game day when he popped up on the screen. Not Trevor Maddich. No, excuse me. Um, oh, the Nebraska guy, the blonde guy. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Which blonde Nebraska? I know everyone from Nebraska. I know. I'm sorry. You, you're out there. You should know who it is. He played for them. You're, he's like the AD of Nebraska Omaha right now. Um, I don't know who that would be. Oh dang! I got, this is gonna kill me if I don't know because Trevor Maddich is a BYU guy. 
All right, we'll put this out on Twitter because... Hold on, I'll find it right now. Give me a second. I can, I can edit this out if I want to, but I won't. AD, Nebraska, Omaha. What's his name? Hold on. I know who it is. You'll know exactly who it is. Um, screw it. I'll find it later. Crap. I. But whatever he was, he came on the screen. He kept discrediting Utah the whole time. Massive booze. I don't think you heard him on TV because I went back and watched him. I'm like, yeah, oh, you can't hear what he's saying. That's good. So game day's fine. But oh, let me ask one more question. Will game day come to Boise at all this year? Or uh, no, 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 excuse me, a Boise game. They won't come this year because, um, you know, BYU and Utah State aren't – the chance of that being a, a game day game is pretty low. But um, next year they do, I think, Florida State and mm-hmm. Michigan State and Oklahoma State are all coming in the future. Ooh, so um, boy. that's it's possible. I think if uh, Boise State can get to the NY6 this year because that's how it works in the group of five that you can kind of build up a track record of a couple of years. So I think it's possible. I think I think – I think it's going to happen again next four or five years, so we'll just see. Yeah, look at this year. No way BYU does because there's a tough schedule. Utah State, unless they beat LSU somehow, which is not going to happen, but right. probably not. But yeah, if you get to go to game day, just go and have fun and get there early and just yell and cheer and do stuff. But yeah, you've got to represent your school. They've been in Disney World and nobody's there. It's like, did you even, like, real, real last quick thing. The New York City idea was weird but cool because you have a million different people there when they did it last year. That was a pretty cool yeah. thing, and so that's different people there. But Tony, you had a chance to go to Hawaii the one time ever, probably because no <laughs> other games. And you're playing in Arizona. Khalil Tate could be pretty good. I see them play; he's not too bad when he gets stuff going. Year two, Kevin. Yeah, Sullivan, you could but... talk about the game. It's not like that's like a worthless game. And these, you could talk about it for a bit. Who cares if it's four a.m. local time? I don't care. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're good here. We went longer than we thought, which is fine. Not an hour, but forty minutes. So I get a no, no big deal. So um, we will have you will have a ton of Boise stuff. Also. Trash talk coming. You ready for that? We- oh yeah! Hey, hey, listeners, really quickly. Hey, I, I have recorded some really dicey trash talk for you guys. It's so, not dicey. Um, I think I, it's respectable. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's well, I mean, good. respectable. So just, I should just, say, not respectable. No, I'm not. I'm not showing <laughs> anybody else in the conference any respect. So just keep your ears out for that. Yeah, look for that. We'll have our big mega preview next time. So we'll have a handful of people there. It's fun. It's um. We'll give you a hint. Um, Utah State centric folks. I've already heard it. So there's that. And check out Raj. Raj bleeds blue on Twitter and. Trust me, folks. You hear him here and on Twitter. It's um, a little exaggerated. He knows what he's talking about, but it's actually fun to poke people too. Even myself. Yeah. On Twitter, I'm like, oh, I know he's screwing around, so I dive in or not. It depends <laughs> on how I'm feeling that day, right? <laughs> right. Hey, I mean, respect is good, but, you know, fun is also good. Awesome. All right. Thank you. And uh, we'll get to the rest of the show with our actual predictions with me and Matt in a minute here, folks. We heard from Raj there. He was great, wasn't he, Matt? Amazing. Yes, he was. <laughs> as always, as we joke, uh, it's good. So if you're still with us, we appreciate that. Thank you. Let's get into schedule time. Um, it'll be pretty quick here. If you've listened to our last podcast, Matt, they, they should, if they listen real closely, they could know the win loss record of, of this, this podcast. So we can just stop now and say, see ya. Almost. Right? We almost could. We All have right. to at least, I see, here's the thing. We have to at least talk about the non conference schedule. I'm tiny bit, tiny bit. I'm kidding. Okay. Week one, which we already kind of mentioned, Jacksonville in Jacksonville, air quote, neutral game for Florida State. Hey, it's a, August 31st, I didn't realize this as you heard me and Rosh talking. We thought this was like a 4 Eastern or that 3.30 Eastern kick. It's a 7 p.m. Eastern kick on ESPN, hmm. which will help with the uh, humidity and heat out there. It's going to be a little bit cooler. It's still hot. But Florida State's coming off a 5-7 and seven year. They have a new quarterback. They they brought in a couple. It was like Hornybrook from Wisconsin there. He's not starting. I think it's was it Jamal Blackman. Uh, James Blackman. Sure, yeah. James Blackman. Probably getting the start there. And so, this, like we mentioned, the defense secondary, if he's off making that one, the first start there for against a good Boise team. Because, like, this, you think about this, this is no walk in the park for Florida State either. They're playing possibly one of their outside of Clemson, like, 
and I think they play Florida like they always do. Or they play Miami. Oh, whatever. This is probably a team that's probably top four in their schedule at worst of who they're playing. I guess it depends on your feelings about random ACC ten oh. teams like Virginia and Boston College. Clemson. Come on. They're, they play Clemson, right? Oh, yeah. They definitely play Clemson. Yeah. What I'm saying is like this is one of the better games on their schedule. And it's being an opener. It's one of the not few, but it's going to be one of the almost musty games of the week one. It, and what's the, what's interesting about this year's team is like the the defense was actually pretty solid last year, mm-hmm. and they actually are projected to be fifteenth overall, even despite the fact that they're losing a guy like Brian Burns, who was a first round draft pick to the Carolina Panthers, and losing a couple of other key pieces at different uh, parts of the defense as well. But but they are projected fifteenth, and. You know, a lot of it just depends on, one, are they going to be able to find a disruptive guy like Burns who had 14.5 TFLs and 10 sacks last year? It's not like they don't have options. You know, Janarius Robinson is, was a pretty good player last year. You know, Josiah Kando is probably in line for another step up. Um, and they've got, you know, guys elsewhere on the defense. But the offense was a disaster. Yeah, and, that was the problem. And some of that maybe due is uh, is due to James Blackman's absence. You know, he was lost. I think until uh, didn't he have an ECL injury as well? I forget off the top uh, of my head. I'd look him and see, but I know he missed quite a bit because that's why they're bringing in Hornybrook. They brought in the transfer to Ellsbury right away and Jordan Travis. So they brought but, in I mean, many people as possible. But I mean, other than kind of a, a significantly high sack rate of ten and a half percent, you know, yes. Blackman was pretty good when he started. You know, he completed nearly sixty five percent of his passes. He only had one interception and fifty five pass attempts. But he's going to need some help around him. And that's, I think, where the, the the question of this game is ultimately going to need to be resolved. Because you have Cam Akers coming back. He's you know, definitely their number one running back. But he only had a success rate of 29.8% last year. That's not going to get it done. He only had an opportunity rate of 38%. That's also probably not going to get it done. No. And, and I'm assuming that the, the offensive line is going to be better than it was last year because you know I, I remember them discussing it at length on uh, podcast they played nobody. The offensive line was a disaster last year. They were dead last nationally in adjusted line yards. They were, you know, 125th by stuff rate, 126th by opportunity rate. They weren't much better by sack rate, whether it's standard downs or passing downs or whatever. So you have to figure they're going to get a little bit better there. Or you know, even if they're a little bit better, maybe that's an opportunity for Curtis Weaver to really wreak havoc or something like that. So it's not like they don't have talent. That's never the problem at Florida State. It's whether that talent's going to come together. And I think that when you look at SP Plus, the fact that they're only 46% to win this game kind of tells you that even despite Boise's lingering questions, we, we have a sense of what Florida State wants to do, but they've still got questions themselves. Mm. Correct. Like I'm going through. This is the ultimate coach speak. So it's I'm looking over to Tallahassee and real quick Tallahassee Democrat, and it's like how 2018 is different than 2019. Coach Lloyd Taggart, man, there's not a day out here our guys didn't want to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, you gotta want to practice, or you're gonna be not good. It's just kind of funny. Like, oh, I'm reading this like ultimate coach speak. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're hanging at the IMG. They're back at Tallahassee, so they're kind of like a home away from home camp type thing at IMG, but. It's it, they have to have a better attitude. Like I know you can talk about like all the numbers is great, but you got to think it's a downer from last year to win. I think it wasn't their bull streak when longest one ended last year for not making yeah. the whole game on longer streaks. And so here's a good quote from James Blackman: "I just know that emphasis my hair. I just know that we come in more focused and more determined. It's like well, you better be. Um, 
here's one thing that's interesting too, not really quick, against the Boise new receivers. They're um is from the coordinator there, um DCs. Like they have much larger like um having sorry, more, excuse me, more defensive backs. Their depth there wasn't very good last year. Mm-hmm. And so he's concerned about that. He's like and again more coach speak, which take what you want. This is the best defensive back class I've ever been a part of as a coach. As I came in this year, I'm like, slow down, coach. Great. I totally They're, forgot that. I totally forgot that Asante Samuel's kid plays for Florida State. That's right. Yeah. But uh, we're getting old, man. Look at that. Oh but it's God. like reading yeah. through this, it's just a fun coach speak. This is the best ever. This is the, we're determined. We're gonna win. Like, cool. But you have a new starting quarterback. You weren't great last year. You should be better this year. They're not going to go from five and seven to ten and two and topple Clemson or beat whoever they're going to beat. That's a good team. They're going to be. Mean, that they're probably not going to be Clemson, but they're going to be better than they were last year. Yeah, yeah no, no, they're definitely not going to be Clemson. I'm telling you right now. They may not be. They may not be Boston College, man. If they they play them right, they do. They go to like. Here's why I don't think they'll be good. They go to Virginia, who's not too bad. They go to Clemson. They host Miami. They go to BC. Is pretty good. They go to Florida. It's like they might be a seven to five team, and they are favored to win this game. What's the projection from S and P? A couple points. Like points? I said, it was they're forty six percent to win this game against Boise. If you're on my prediction before, okay. Here's the thing. I recorded this last week with Rosh. I'm hopefully I'm correct. I think I picked the Boise State win by this. This is my official official pick. So if you heard eight minutes ago, I said Boise going to lose. Change. I'm going Boise to win this game. I'm calling the upset. Well, I've got I've got Florida State winning this one. No. We need to split the vote because apparently we love Boise State no matter what. But I, 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 I know, but I'm, it's like it's not far fetched. It's reason to pick up game essentially a field goal game, three to five points. And but I, the Boise is good enough defensively for the, what Florida State did last year. They'll be fine against them. Our big concern is how many points can they score. Mm-hmm. I think if they're going to win, it's going to be a low scoring game. Like it might be twenty one seventeen. I don't think there'll be that. That many, actually sounds about right. <laughs> I don't think there'll be that many points scored in this game. So I'm picking Boise to win in the close one. And, I guess since we talked special teams a moment ago, uh, hopefully that goes well, right? Fingers crossed. So you pick victory. You pick. I pick victory. You pick loss. They got Portland State. Or no, so Marshall. We'll get to the Portland State victory. So Marshall's not a bad team. They're an okay team out of CUSA. Um, Interestingly, Marshall's a lot like Florida State, where they had a pretty good defense last year and a disastrous offense. Yeah, and so I guess that helps Boise State if the defense being good. That's also why I'm thinking Florida State could be a victory for Boise. But, like, Marshall, Doc Holliday, they're always a decent team. Like, they return the starting quarterback, Isaiah Green, will kind of run through his coming back. But it wasn't great. 15 TDs, 10 picks. They are they bring back their top two rushers who weren't very good last year. Uh, they lose their top receiver, which is a big deal on Tyree Brady. But, mm-hmm. like, their offense, you're right, it's bad. Like, they're losing their best receiver, and the guys returning aren't that great. And so this is another chance for the Boise defense to just maybe smother this team. I mean, they're going to have to hope they don't get smothered by Marshall's defense, though, because they've got hey, they've got each other. Let's go three, 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 zero. Because they've got three guys on their defensive line returning, all seniors: Ty Tyler, Channing Hames, Marcus Couch. Uh, Tyler had ten tackles for loss and nine sacks. Hames had twelve and a half tackles and seven and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Marcus Couch had eight and a half tackles for loss and two and a half sacks. This is a very good defensive line. And the guys behind them, even though they're replacing, I think, two or three starters at linebacker, you know, Omari Cobb, the guy who's uh, returning from last year's unit, he had six and a half tackles for loss and three and a half sacks, too. So it's a team that can be disruptive. And if Boise State doesn't have their offensive situation figured out, this is exactly the kind of game that could be a little closer than S&P would suggest. Like, the Marshall's only given a 17% chance to win this game. Way too low. 
but it's not but but if Boise's not careful and it takes a while for the offense to come around, this could be another slugfest that's a lot closer than a lot of people anticipate. Yeah, like Marshall's always decent. So I think I, I'm gonna say Boise's going to win. I have this uh, as a win as well. Yeah, but I think it could be a fairly close game, maybe with it being week two. And it's on a Friday night as well. So there's that as well coming back. Yeah. And I think Marshall, did they have an FCS team week before? I think they played Colgate or something. No, that's Air Force. Uh, BMI. BMI, okay, close. That's some military institute thing. So, all right, do we get to conference play early on? Um, we'll kind of go through this quickly because I know we're going to wrap this up. But we talked about Air Force before. I guess the big news now, which we'll get to again, they haven't announced the quarterback, but it's Hammond or Sanders, Isaiah Sanders, Donald Hammond. We're not confused. We're not. We're confident, I think, you and I are – I'm safe speaking for you. They should both be fine, right, whoever's under center? Yeah, I think so. I, I prefer Hammond a bit, but that's just me. Um this game can get weird and wacky just because it has the past. Triple option has been issued. Turnover has been issued. I'm going to go. I've already made my pick. I said Boise is going to win. But that eight, same thing with the Marshall game. Matt, that 86% is way too high. No, I mean, I t- I'm kind of on the same page. And that, like I said, I think we've talked about it in a couple past mm-hmm. podcasts. I think that SP Plus in particular just tends to underrate Air Force in the academies. Mm-hmm. Um, I fully expect it to be another must-watch matchup. But I do have Boise State winning that one. And I do like the schedule as well, how it breaks up. It goes four games break, three games break, five games. They have a stretch, which is fairly intriguing to me. Armani Rogers, they when they host, or excuse me, go on the road to Rebel Stadium, play UNLV. If Rogers is healthy, some, some work can happen possibly. I don't expect it to be that big a deal because Rebel defense, we've talked before, it's yeah, whatever. Dicey. But, yeah, dicey at best, but that's going to be a win. Mm-hmm. If you listen, um, once, you, once we all go back and listen to my Hawaii thing, okay, people could. Oh, you, I see me victory, right? Rebels, yeah? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Got it. Just making sure. No, so the, sure. the Hawaii game, when you heard me talk to Raj, I gave like, oh, here's a stupid upset or something weird. I would not be shocked. Like, people got at me on Twitter. I'm like, this game? I know Hawaii plays Portland, the mainland. It gets Mountain Division teams, which we discussed last year. They have very few victories, partly because they don't play a ton. But if Cole McDonald is healthy and the way the offense goes, and if the defense is a touch better – this game is going to be very interesting and small change. There's an upset alert that should be watched, tagged on this game, I think. This is one of the more fascinating games of the year, especially yeah. if both teams come in at full strength. That's what we want. So I do, I do have this one as a Boise State win, though. So do I. I just think, like, the bloody scrotum thing, which is funny to say or not funny if you think about it, but trust me, people don't sleep on Hawaii. They're going to be maybe not as good last year, but this could be a game where Boise will probably win. But it could be exciting if the running shoots clicking. And then you got mm-hmm. at BYU, who we discussed plenty of times already. I guess the only quick update we have in BYU since um, we're a few weeks past from talking to the other teams. It's at Provo. Um, I guess Zach Wilson is fully healthy, or he says he is. He's throwing the ball pretty well. They actually may have a running back, Tyson Williams, step up to play from South Carolina, a grad transfer, so they may have a decent running game. So there's that to look out for. I'll say it again, Matt. You've heard me say Give me a wide receiver. We'll find out what this team is. Mm-hmm. That's the big concern for them. And their defense will be fine. So defense will always be good. But and these games have been close, too. You've seen these games. Boise and BYU, it's a decent rivalry, and there's not always a blowout either way. That's true. I mean, last year, Boise State's win expectancy by the five factors put forth by Paul Connolly was only 24%. Crazy. And the prediction, what's this one right now? This one has Boise favored in every single game. This one is 60%. 60%. Sounds about right. It's just... For me at the BYU, if they get a receiver group and the running back gets going, then they'll be a pretty good team. But we'll just wait and see. But it'll be – it's BYU. They're always pretty good. But the only thing to look at, really quick, BYU could be like 0-5 at this point. Ten, Utah, 
Tennessee, Washington, USC, and Toledo. Just saying, those aren't easy opponents. So they might be beat up pretty bad by the time they face the Boise State. I think they could be pretty good this year. What's pretty good? Real quick, I want to know. I think they could be like an eight or nine win team. If they're believe nine, me, team, believe me, I've thought a lot about this. Okay, really quick. If they're a nine win team, that means they have to beat. Well, they could beat Tennessee. Okay, so you're telling me they can go zero four and then win out, maybe? No, I mean I think they could they could win at Tennessee. They could probably win at Toledo and South Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I I think there's uh, and they could also beat Boise State at home, which I think they'll do. We pick BYU for this one. Yes. Hey, we balanced out the hate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kidding. Uh, really quick, why is that? What's your reasoning because of that? I mean, I just think that this is a team that has matched up particularly well with the Broncos in the past. Same way we just talked about a minute ago with Air Force. Mm-hmm. And they seem like they're going to be a more complete team, even despite the you know the obvious questions that we brought up in the past. You know, they should have an adequate running game. And we know that they have at least one or two decent options, even if they're not exciting options in the passing game. Matt Bushman is really good, so. And I'm I'm uh, I'm buying into Zach Wilson. He should be fine. Like he's a good QB. My, my, my main thing, like whatever, nineteen for nineteen, whatever it was for at WMU in the Potato Bowl, perfect game. Remember as well why he should. The first half against Utah, they had Utah on the ropes, and they'd end up blowing it in the second half. Let's put it this way. I don't think BYU is going to give up seven sacks and turn the ball over three times again. No. My main reason for a Boise win, BYU is just going to be so beat up from who they've been playing. And BYU's, fingers crossed, they're not going to call any dumb fake punts in their own end zone again. Please, please. Don't don't do that. Please give me a fourth and 19. Just don't do that. (laughs) Okay, I, I think it'll be a pretty, pretty good game. All right, then they go, they get San Jose State, victory fine. Wyoming is a tough one because the defense, however, we'll get to in our next week's show, our next show, they've lost, what, three starters on the defensive front, I believe it is? Uh, well, they've lost two on the offensive line and more recently a starter on the oh, offensive front. Oh, they've overall, sorry. So those couple defenders, or one defender, a couple offensive guys, people love Sean Chambers, great, I guess. I'm To me, I'll see it when I believe it because PFF had him a top 50 quarterback, which... Okay. But then again, they had Armani Rogers like 100 mm-hmm. or something. <laughs> so what are you going to do with that? I think I could probably save us some time. Go I have Boise State running the table in Mountain West play. What? Yeah. I mean, but if you listen to all the podcasts, you knew that already. Like, oh, sure. That's right. We could have shut it off. Okay. Let's, we were going to wrap, wrap this up. Wyoming, victory for me. New Mexico, victory because, oh, geez. My one loss in league play at Utah State. There you go. And I know Raj is like, well, what is yelling at the being Eric and calling? What are you picking? Aggies are terrible. Come on, we got Aggies all the way. It's a terrible hashtag. What are you doing? I am enamored with Jordan Love, as you should be, right? Yeah. Um, they will have. I can't proclaim this because it's a bold statement. Because there's a million good, great defenders on this team, or in the league, I should say. But Tippa and David Woodward, who watch out for them. All right. I just think it's going to be Utah State can do it because at this at this point, who cares if they have a brand new offensive line? It's week whatever game eleven, and so that'll be the biggest challenge. I just think Jordan Love, if he's the hype to be believed, first round draft quarterback possibly, and assuming I believe Gary Anderson as well. Let's see, I'm hedging a lot on this. I'm just saying mm-hmm. Gary Anderson really keep the offense the same as he says he is. They have Mike Sanford, who I really like at OC. They have a lot of University of Utah guys that are on the coaching staff. They brought in like Riley Burton to help out running back, OC Mariner, wide receiver, who could step in and be their main guy right away. I 
it's kind of a gut. I think on the road, Logan's going to be a good team. It's one of the announcements last year, clearly, but I just yeah. think Utah State's got it. So, all right, that's it. Next game, CSU victory. So, yeah. your record is 10 and 2, 8 and 0 in Mountain Loss play. I have 11 and 1, one loss Mountain Loss play. So, that means I have, um, well, we'll you'll figure out next time. I have Utah State 10 and 2 overall. So, we'll figure it out who I have, who I have in the Mountain Loss title games. We'll get to that next time, right? I will be sure to reveal my uh, my fabled spreadsheet before that happens. I'm gonna make an article on mine real quick. Like, here's my predictions, and so I don't think I'm gonna make any changes at all. Uh, you said we're welcome to, but you're set in stone apparently from what you always say each week. Mm-hmm. But look for our next show. We're going to do a week zero preview. Oh no, sorry, excuse me. Our big mega preview with hopefully some voice messages from writers cover the teams. That should be a new wrinkle, and we'll kind of go over everything. What we want to do, any changes, any tweaks, any news updates. But check us out mwr.com. Um, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio.com, or anywhere podcasts are, are sold for free. So, yeah, check us next time, folks. We'll see you then. And football share, Matt, we made it. Yes. All right, there we go. Excellent. Thank you. Cool.